beloved, the initial step, the beginning step in honoring God is honoring or respecting the body that he envisioned. And what is that body? It is the church. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church, and I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in, and joining us for this first telecast of 2022. Still sounds like something out in the future, doesn't it? Uh, don't forget when you're writing your checks today to put 22 on that date line and not 21. We're entering a kind of uh, a memorable season here at New Life. This, uh, this month is when we celebrate our anniversary of being on uh, New Life Telecast. Well, I want to thank our partners in the Gospel, WPD, WBTW. I can't talk uh, today for some reason or another, but I want to thank those guys for partnering with us, and thank you for being here. I trust you had a great Christmas season, and you're looking forward to a even better year in 2022 as we come out of the year of COVID. Boy, it's been something, isn't it? Now, here's what we're going to jump into, a brand new teaching, and it is based on this. Quite often I hear people today saying disparaging remarks against the church. Over and over and over again, I hear these remarks against the church or some things about the church that just doesn't line up with God's Word the Bible. Well, we're going to be taking a look at that because I have to scratch my head and say, just what is it that has happened in a person's life for them to have kind of a rotten view of the church? And quite often that is the case. I want to encourage you to see the church for what it is and to encourage you to have some good thoughts about the church and to allow it to be a part of your life in a very impactful way in the coming days. We're looking in Ephesians chapter 4, which provides a backdrop for this particular teaching that we have titled, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Now, some of you may already or still be unwrapping some of your gifts uh, from Christmas and getting used to them. But we're going to talk about a different kind of gift and hopefully help you understand in a better way how much the church is a gift for you and all those that you know. Ephesians chapter 4, I want to begin reading around, oh, let's see, around verse 3. And, uh, and we'll be sharing some more later on. But let's pick up there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. The Word of God says it this way. Make every effort... To keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Look at this. Binding yourselves together with peace. Now that's the glue. Verse 4. 4. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Now, I'm going to stop right there for now. We'll pick up with more in just a moment. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for each one 
that's turned on this telecast, whether they did so by accident, perhaps this is the first time they've ever heard New Life telecast, or our many loyal listeners. I pray for your blessings upon each one, regardless of how or why they connected to the program. I pray that your word would minister to their hearts. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you be blessed and uh, hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless you. Now, I'm going to make a statement. I'll be coming back to this statement, not in its entirety, but we'll be coming back to it throughout this foundational teaching this morning. Now, I'm going to stay pretty close to my script right here because I want you to catch this. Watch this. Although many, many persons may have spent many, many memorable moments in and around the organized church. Everybody say organized. They may, that may have been the case for them during their formative years, but that alone doesn't ensure that such ones have an accurate and an adequate biblical view of that which constitutes the church. Say amen if you're with me so far. All righty. Just keep that in mind. Now, I peruse Facebook on occasion. There's some good things on Facebook. How many of you know there's some trash on Facebook? How many of you are aware that the things you post on Facebook, the whole world reads it? I just need to tell you that because some of you don't know that. Pastor Terry looks at Facebook. Well, I wish I hadn't posted that. Yeah, you probably do. But listen, I read a post this past week that was addressed to a seasoned pastor. He's been a friend of mine for over 30 years. He has been involved in denominational leadership in another branch of the Friends Church. But apparently, he had invited someone to church. And the response was this, quote, I am not very fond of church, but I like you, end quote. I found that fascinating. <laughs> In fact, that was intriguing to me. Just what in the world could have transpired in someone's life that would prompt them to say, I'm not very fond of the church? Blows my mind. You are looking at a man with a blown mind right now. Say amen right there. Now, would you take a little journey with me, would you? The journey is going to begin in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18. Here it is. Think with me, Matthew 16, 18. If you are looking at a red letter edition, which I am, which means what, church? The red letters. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus says this in the, in the part of that verse. I will build my church. I will build my church. In the original language, you listen to this. It's oikodemeso maltain ecclesion. Aren't you impressed with that? 
Let me tell you what that means. I dug into that a little bit, and it simply means this. And I'm headed to number one on your study notes. Jesus said, I will. Will goes in the blank. Build my, actually, he said, the assembly of Christian believers. Now, knowing this Bible truth, does it strike you as odd that someone would put forth, I'm not very fond of something that Jesus promised to build? Well, I never thought about it that way. I bet you have now. Now check this out. We're going to give you a choice. Here's the choice. You may choose to help Jesus build what he has purposed to build, or you may choose to attempt to tear down that which Jesus has purposed to build. Now, I'll pause for just a moment and ask you, what's your choice? You write that on your study notes there. So we'll go ahead and put your choice down there so we'll have a record of it. Now, I want you to know this. Be reminded that indecision is a decision, okay? And inaction is, in effect, an action. Beloved, Choosing whether you do it willfully or by default, choosing to take sides against Christ and what he has purposed to do is not good. That's not a good thing. Look at your neighbor and say, I know that's not a good thing. No, no way, no how. Hmm. Now, draw a line right there. In May of 1973, that date freaked some of you out. You're like, that's prehistoric times. <laughs> I remember 1973 very well. That's one of the privileges of being an older man. I was about 15 years old. How many of you here are 15 or younger? Can I see your hand? 15 or younger. Did we lose all the 15 years? I ain't raising my hand. He'll make me do something. No, I just, how many of you here are 15 or younger? Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, this, this kind of freaks out younger people. I used to be 15. I know you think I was hatched 64, don't you? No. But when I was 15 years of age, I started to read and study the Word of God in earnest. Really started to read it. And it was exciting. I had attempted to read other books. It wasn't exciting. But this was exciting. I discovered real quick that this was more than just pages or paper between two covers. It wasn't like those other books. This thing is alive. Say it's alive. It is. It's alive. It even says in here that it's alive. And reading it, watch this, it caused my spirit to leap. Have you ever had your spirit to leap? Well, once I had some pizza. No, I'm not talking about that. It caused my spirit to leap. I knew there was something going on inside me. Now, honestly, and I have to be honest with you, I was reading it very sporadically at the time. I was, in some respects, I was reading it out of fear, and I was reading it out of duty at that time. But this thing will arrest your attention on a whole new level. I'm telling you what I know. Well, as a result of that, soon I started to piece some things together. 
some questions I had about life began to make sense. I began to understand some things. And one of the things, watch this, somebody really needs to hear this this morning. I know you think I've never been here, but I'm telling you, I was, I was there. One of the things that really impacted me about this Bible, about the Word of God, was the Bible's language of love. The language of love. Looking back, now I realize, as a child... I was loved, but then, everybody say then, I seldom, if ever, felt love. Are you with me? I know my mom loved me. I know my dad loves me. Now they tell me. My mom's in heaven today, and she loved me. She's still loving me from heaven. I know she's in heaven because she's born again, spirit-filled, and she died in the arms of Jesus. That's how I know that. But I never felt loved. I felt like I was going to hell and I deserved it. That's what I felt like. But then I come across this one day. It's in your Bible as well. It's Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. It's going to appear on the screen from the New Living Translation and it puts it this way. Look at this. But God showed his great love for us. Everybody say us. He showed that for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, listen, I remember very well, I knew I was a sinner. I knew it. Nobody had to convince me of that. I knew that I was a sinner. My sin was ever before me. If you think I'm crazy now, you should have known the pre-conversion, Terry. Oh, my sin was ever before me. But this says, in my sinful state, Christ died for me as a show of God's love. That's what it says. Well, you notice what it doesn't say? That verse doesn't say, except Terry. That verse doesn't say, except you, and you can put your name in the blank. But it says us, and beloved us includes you and me. Now, sometimes it's hard for us to get that between our ears, but it's a truth, it's a fact of the Word of God. Now, I took you there to say this. Guess what? Say what? I'd like to keep you involved here. I learned of all of this, this wonderful love of God for me. And his plan for me, I learned of all of that through the church. Through the church. Now watch, this is number two on your study notes. When someone, whoever that one is, when one is joined to the church, the body of Christ, that one is connected to something supernatural, meaning it's above nature. You get beyond what is normal or natural. Now, I believe this, and I'm going to show you why from the Word of God. I believe that the insides, the spirit man, not Holy Spirit, but the spirit of the person is made brand new upon being born again. That's what born again means. Most of us understand the first birth. You're here, you're breathing, you have a body, your mother gave birth. The second birth is very similar in that something changes. What is that something? Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. 
I would encourage you to find that in your Bible. If you don't have one, it's on the screen. If you don't have one, have one, we'll get you one. Just see us after the service. We'd be glad to get you one. But here's what Paul says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. That old sinful man, the new has come. Look at verse 18. All of this is from God. Amen. Who reconciled us. You understand? Made one. He reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's important. Beloved, regarding the church, one doesn't join an organization when they become part of the church, but rather they become part of an organism, truly a body. Watch this, one becomes one. That one, whoever it is, becomes one when you join this organism. Watch, one of the greatest fallacies surrounding the modern church organizationally is that we stand alone in Christ. And I really believe a lot of people kind of had that vision in their head of just, just me and Jesus, just standing alone in Christ. Listen, that is not biblically accurate. Let me back up and do that again. That is not biblically accurate and there is not a shred of Bible evidence to back up such a claim that you just stand in Christ as an individual. They're all by yourself. Are you with me? Now let me help clarify that just a little bit. We are personally responsible for whether or not we accept the call to connect with the body of Christ or Christ's body. But once that decision is made, we are then connected to a living organism that is tremendously bigger than our own self. Now, let me slow down a little bit. That's hard for today's world to fathom because a lot of you have been told since the day you come into this world that you are the greatest thing since popcorn and the whole world revolves around little old you. Pastor, are you mad about that? Well, in some respects, I am because it is not accurate. Listen, beloved, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, Paul asks a question. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, believer, whom you have received from God? And then look at the latter part of verse 19. You are not your own. You are not your own. Verse 20, you were bought at a price. That's what this cross is all about. That's what that cross represents. It represents the price. Are you with me? Right here. You were bought at a price. He says, therefore, honor God with your body. By the way, that is repeated in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. Now, I'm at number three on your study notes. I want you to fill this in with me. Beloved, the initial step, the beginning step in honoring God is honoring or respecting the body that he envisioned. And what is that body? It is the church, ecclesia, the original word. Watch this. One of the, and I'm venting a little bit. It's okay if I vent. 
I mean, for what y'all pay me, I ought to be able to vent every now and then. You pay good money, you ought to hear some venting every now and then. One of the reasons the modern day pastor is so frustrated. Did you know those guys are frustrated as a whole? <laughs> One of the reasons is because the average person just does not want to seem to want to get what I just said. They don't want to understand that you honor God with your body. And one of the first steps in that process is honoring that which God purposed, which is his church. People just don't seem to want to get that. But for those that do, now I'm off my rant, okay? We're back to some real stuff right here. For those that do get it, and this is what makes me so happy. One of the things that makes me so happy about the church, the body of Christ, for those that get it, there is this supernatural liberty, this supernatural freedom that comes with it that is overwhelmingly fulfilling, meaning something spiritual, something on the inside just boils over. When you suddenly realize whoever you are, and I say suddenly, it's a process, but when you finally get there and you realize that you are bigger than something, you're part of something that is bigger than you, it beggars description. The old hymn writer says it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. You remember that old song? And it is, joy unspeakable. How do you even describe it? I am exercising a vain attempt at it right now, but it just, I wish I could share with you that which is overflowing for me this morning. Consider this. Will you consider this? Good. You can do what you can do. Isn't that profound? You'll probably want to write that down and quote me at some point in time. You can do what you can do. But when you connect to God's church body, you will realize that you can do more together what no man can even fathom in and of themselves. You can be a part of an organism that can affect other people's lives and literally change the world. Is this true? I believe it is true. You can merely settle for what you can do or you can do something different. You can do you or connect with God's church and do as the scriptures say, exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or imagine according to God's power that dwells within you. Now watch. Remember my opening statement? I want to reflect on that just a little bit. And I want to, to kind of pull this out of it. Not every religious organization on earth today is a clear and accurate representation of that which we have revealed to us in the Bible, the Word of God or God's Word. Pastor Terry, how do we know which ones are genuine and which ones are cheap imitations? Fill in number four with me on your study notes, if you would, please. The real ones, everybody say the real ones. The real ones put forth or exhibit a manifestation of the power of God. How do we know which one is real and which one is not? The real ones exhibit a manifestation of the power of God. Well, Pastor Terry, what does that look like? What does the power of God look like? That's a good question. 
Verse 13 of our text passage begins to spell some of this out. And by the way, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. We're going to back up and catch some of what I jumped over in part two, the Lord willing. But I want you to see this for right now. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 13. Verse 13 says this, until we all reach unity. Look at those words, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what, church? Mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Let me share with you from the paraphrase, the message. And again, it is a paraphrase. Beloved, we're going to cut in right there. There's a little more to this particular part of the teaching. We'll look forward to sharing that with you next time. But let me just reiterate something to you and hopefully encourage you with this. You, whoever you are, you can be part of something that is bigger than you are. Now, that excites me. I know we live in a world that says it's all about you. And in even many churches teach that it's all about you. I do not believe that's biblical or true. Beloved, it's all about God. And it's all about Jesus Christ working in us and about His Spirit working in and through us to bind us together so that we might genuinely be a part of something. We are a part of something that is bigger than we are. And it enables us to do some things much bigger, much grander, much more fulfilling. And that's really where I'm going with all of this than what we can do on our own. So I want to be an encouragement to you to connect with the church. Discover what the church is really all about. I want to encourage you as you read through the New Testament to realize that it's giving us a picture over and over and over again, not just of an individual or an individual part, but a body, the body of Christ that moves in tune with God by His Holy Spirit. Now, I'm telling you, if you've ever connected and you ever become a part of that and you ever really get it, it will just take you to a supernatural level. And I want to encourage you to go there because I believe that's when you'll be the most fulfilled in your life and when you are doing that which the one true God has purposed for us to do. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast. And I pray, Lord, that each one would be challenged in their heart of hearts to know that you have purpose for them to have a life and for them to connect with you through your body, the church. Help us to know and understand exactly what that looks like and what that means for us, moment by moment, day by day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Hey, let me just wrap it up tonight by saying this, and again, I know that some folks don't like to hear this. Uh, even with the, uh, the uh, pandemic and COVID and all of the shutdowns, it seems like the church as a whole has kind of, well, not as a whole, but uh, certain segments of the church have bought into this whole shutdown thing. I want to encourage you to rise above that. Be safe, be smart for sure, but let's rise above that and do what God has called us to do, not just what government mandates for us or dangles before us. Said all that to say this, New Life has a regular schedule of activities Sunday morning. At 10 o'clock, we come together. You hear the teachings on New Life. That's what we do on Sunday morning. Uh, in, uh, in addition to a time of prayer and praise and fellowship and actually coming in contact with other human beings. It's wonderful. We also meet Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock 
we call that family ministries night something for pert near every member of the family and that might just include you we trust that it will i'm terry knight the pastor here at new life i've got to get out of here my time is gone thanks again for listening in being a part of this ministry effort i trust you're going to have a great week and remember my friends jesus is coming back is he coming back